Jesus is taking off across. Uh, he, he's left. The, uh, he's been having some issues uh, with some of the religious leaders. And it says he's, he left Judea where he was at, and he returned to Galilee. But in this process, he had to go through Samaria on the way. Now, this is, this is a little weird because he says he had to go through Samaria. Jesus had to go through Samaria not because he couldn't take a different route. It's because he was appointed to go through Samaria. Okay? Uh, the Jews didn't go through Samaria. Samaritans were despised. You remember the story about the despised Samaritan that came along and helped the guy that had been beat up and, and was in the road? They were despised. The Jews did not like them. The Samaritans and them were kind of, they, they, they did some things together uh, throughout history, but the thing is, is the Jews felt like they were better than the Samaritans and that the Samaritans were not as good as they were. And so Jesus goes through Samaria on the way, uh, on the way back to Galilee, returning to Galilee. And so the first thing I want you, want you to know this morning is no matter what you've done, Jesus is coming your way. No matter what you've done, no matter the things that you've done wrong, you, you may even be a Christian today, and you, and you just are struggling saying, I just can't become or do anything for Christ because I did this. I'm not good enough because I did this. I'm not good enough because I went through this. Well, I want to say, no, Jesus is coming your way. He's coming through your way. He has an appointment to you this morning. He wants to come your way so that he can talk to you. And unlike any other person in your life who may look at you, see, the, the, let me tell you something. The worst person in our life is ourselves. We tear ourselves down. We point to ourselves and we say, we're not good enough. We can't do it. We got, listen, we can't do it because this over here in our life has went wrong or it's going wrong right now. And so therefore I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to, to, I come to church and I thank God and I'll, I'll, I'll make it to heaven by the skin of my, my teeth. But that's not true. You make it to heaven because the blood of Jesus washed over you and he washed you white as snow. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says or anybody else thinks. It doesn't matter what any, any relative thinks, anybody at work thinks. You are a child of God and you can stand up and you can stand firm in your faith and your understanding that Jesus is coming your way, that he wants to hang out with you. I believe that. Today, I want you to look at yourself and consider yourself a Samaritan because we aren't Jews. We're not the chosen people of God. You know, when Jesus died and the, and the veil was torn in two, uh, it was ripped in two, and the Holy Spirit, the, the, the Holy of Holies was no longer right there. It is right where, where Jesus is in our life. When that happened, everything changed. And now us us, unbelievers, us pagans, have a right to the Father. Before this, it was the Jews that says, no, we are the only ones that can get to the Father. But today, we are like the Samaritans. We are the despised ones, right? We're the despised ones, but Jesus is headed our way. Now, John chapter, we're going to stay in John chapter 4 today. Verse 5, he says, eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there, and Jesus was tired from walking. He sat down beside the well, and it was about lunchtime, about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, 
please give me a drink. Now, you've got to understand something. Not only was this a despised area, he wasn't even supposed to be going through this area. Now he stops at a well, and here's a Samaritan that comes out. Now he's asking a Samaritan for help. And not only is he asking a Samaritan for help, which is a no-no, he's asking a woman that is a Samaritan for help, which is another no-no. Because women didn't have the place they have today. They weren't looked at the way they were today. Women were uneducated back then. They didn't have the opportunities that you uh, ladies today have in the United States of America, the opportunities to do the things that you do. So here he says, can you draw me some water? Can you give me something to drink? Now he didn't have, listen, Jesus, he could have turned the dust into water if he wanted to. But number one, what is it, what did I say earlier? He was going that way on purpose. He had an appointment to meet this woman when he was headed that way. It is not by happenstance that you're in this church this morning. Now, it may be by happenstance, it's, it may be that somebody was disobedient and didn't show up to church this morning. I'll put, put, put it that way. Sometimes it's that way. Oh, the Lord's drawing them, as Robert said, wooing them, but they don't listen. They don't listen, and he's like, come on, come on. I, I got something for you. I've got some hope. I've got some freedom for you. I've got some deliverance. I want to set you free. And they go, no, I don't, I don't want to go to church this morning. I don't want to be there this morning. But this morning, you're here for a reason. It, you were, aren't here just by chance. God knew you were going to be here. He was prepared for you. And just like this woman who came out to the well, Jesus knew he was, she was coming out. He knew that when he sat down at noontime that this woman was going to come walking out to the well. He had made an appointment to meet with this woman. He had, and he had made an appointment. He's making an appointment to meet with you this morning. Now, Jesus was alone in verse 8. Because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. And so the woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I'm Samaritan. Why are you asking me for a drink? Sometimes we're that way with the Lord. Sometimes we say, God, why would you help me out? I'm not that great. I'm not that good. Why would you listen to me? Lord, have, have you ever went to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't deserve anything good? Lord, I just deserve all the bad stuff that happens to me. No, that's not true. That's not true. Jesus shows up to the Samaritan woman. That's what she's saying. She says, you shouldn't even be talking to me. Why are you even talking to me? You don't even like me. You, you Jews hate me. And he said, if only you knew the gift of God, the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to. Can I say it to you this morning? If you only knew who you were speaking to. It, Jesus don't care. He don't look at your sin. He doesn't look at your sin. He doesn't look at your past and go, oh, yeah, this is what, this is what she did in her past. This is what he did in, in his past. No, he doesn't look at that. He looks and he says, hey, my blood's covered them up. That sin's no longer there. That life's no longer. I know they're going through some rough times, but you want to know something? He whom the sun sets free. Is free indeed. That's what the scripture says. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. We are free indeed. We no longer have to live under the old, the old past. We're not under the old law either. Remember, the old law is that they'd have to bring um, 
They have to bring animals and sacrifice them. No longer do we have that, but we have a direct connection with the Lord. We talked about this morning in, in our life discipleship class this morning, how the Lord is watching us. He is in front of us. He is behind us, and his right hand is upon us. He's there, and all we've got to do is just like the psalmist said, I want to, you, Lord, search me, O God. Know my heart today. Know my heart. That's all we've got to do. We just say, God, if you just search me and know who I am, for the Scripture says that if I go into the depths of hell, you're there. No matter what I do, if I was in the heavens, you're there. As far as the east is from the west, you're there. You're there. You're guiding me. Your right hand is upon me. And this is this woman. She doesn't understand. He says, if you knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask and I would give you living water. You see, the water that she came out and that that, uh, she was drawing, it would go away. As a matter of fact, she's going to drink it and it's going to go away. I think of, when you think of water, I think of a story. And you know, I'm a NASCAR guy, so I'll give you a NASCAR illustration here. Dale Jarrett, a number of years ago, uh, they would hydrate before they go out to race. And he hydrated, and he hydrated. He drank, and 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 he drank. And then he says, you know, I'm going to just test something out. So he, he weighed himself before he went on the track, before he went into this 500-lap race. And uh, he, he weighed himself. And then when he got finished racing and he got to the end of the race, he weighed himself again. And he had lost 20 pounds of weight during this 500-lap race. 20 pounds. Why? Because he lost all of this water that was in him. You see, water evaporates. Water disappears. The water that we see, the water that we drink, if you throw any water out on that, that hot surface out there right now before just a few minutes, it's just going to dry up, and it's not even going to be there anymore, Right? And that's, that's the water. But the Lord says, there's a different water that I want to talk to you about. There's a living water, something that is refreshing and that will always refresh you. We got to understand when we come to Christ and we receive living water, we become refreshed in our spirit. Even in the bad times, even in the hard times, even when we go through things and family members are going through things, we are refreshed with this living water. And she said, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket. She she didn't understand what he was talking about. She says, you don't have a rope or a bucket. And this well is really deep. Where are you going to get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than the ancestors, Jacob, our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? And Jesus said, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. What did I say? It's going to go away. How long can you live without water? It's like three days for the normal person right before your organs fail. Like three days without, without water. And here Jesus says, anyone who drinks this water is going to become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I'm going to give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling stream within them, giving them eternal life. She says, sir, give me this water, and then I'll never have to be thirsty again. I won't even have to come out here and draw water again. She's still not getting it. She's still not understanding that the King of kings and the Lord and lords is standing right in front of her. You see, we, get, we need to understand this, that the King of kings and the Lord of lords is here in this place. He's standing right in front of us. And we come in and we go, well, it was great and we're going to go home. But he says, the King of kings and Lord of lords says, no, I want to refresh you. 
I want to give you water. I want to give you substance that refreshes you every day. It's living water. it's, It's healthy to your body. It's healthy to your soul. Spiritually, it's healthy to you. It refreshes you. See, the spiritual man can become weak and tired and worn out as with anybody if we don't stay with Jesus. And when we start to look at ourselves and point at ourselves and say, we're just not good enough. He's like, no, wait a minute. Who's the one who gives the water? Because here's what he says next. He says to her, go get your husband. And she says, I don't have a husband. He says, you're right. You don't have a husband for you have five husbands and you aren't even married to the man that you're living with now. You are certainly telling the truth. And the woman says, you must be a prophet. You must be a prophet. He is greater than a prophet. Yes, he's a prophet, but he was greater than an average prophet because what he wants to do in her life is the same thing he wants to do in your life and in my life and everyone's life is he wants to change everything. He wants that water, that living water to be flowing inside of us and refreshing us. And when we look and we say, God, I can't make it today, we could say, wait a minute, but I can't. But I can't because I have the one who gives the water of the living water. The living life in me is Jesus. No matter what I've done, I am, I am changed for the good and the glory of Jesus Christ. We talked about this morning in, in discipleship group. The question is, give me a definition of what good is. And the right definition was given back. What is a good person? And Sack said, well, there is not a good person. And it is true because Jesus himself said to the man at, uh, that came to him, the rich ruler that came to him and says, good master, what should I do to receive eternal life? And he says, why do you call me good? Only God is good. Do you understand we are not good? We, have, we are sinners, and the Bible says, any man who says he is without sin is a liar and the truth is not in him. But when Jesus comes in, When he comes in, he takes a dead, rotten corpse of a spiritual body, and he gives it life again. What do they do when they take you in the hospital and they put that IV in you when when you you don't have the right kind of fluids in in you? And that IV, whether maybe you've lost blood or other things, it puts that fluid back into your body, and it refreshes that body that's dying. And when Jesus comes into our life, that's what he does. He refreshes a dying body. He refreshes because you know what? As soon as we're born, we are cursed to hell. That's not where he wants us to be because hell was not made for us. The Scripture says that hell was made for Satan and those that follow him out of heaven. But he goes around deceiving. He goes around as a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion because we know the lion of Judah is the only one. He goes around like a roaring lion, seeking those who he could devour, trying to scare us to death, trying to scare us into believing that we ain't good enough, that we're not smart enough, that we're not intelligent enough, that God can't do the things in in our life that God says. But that's why we sing songs like we sing, you know, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible for you. Why? Because he is the one that has changed our life. The greatest miracle of all is that he saved my soul. The greatest miracle of all is that he saves your soul. The greatest miracle of all is he can save every soul in this city. If we can just believe but what is in us is that great and that powerful and that important that other people need it too. 
he t- he t- she said, hey, he goes, yeah, you've done all these things. But he gave her a way out. He gave her a way out. And it wasn't just for her. Notice, I said earlier, he had an appointment with this lady. But he had an appointment with many in the town. Because here's what it says in the next scriptures here, verses 28 through 30. The woman left her water jar beside the well, realizing what was going on, and she ran back to the village telling everyone, you have caught to come and see this man. He's told me everything that I've done. He could possibly be the Messiah. So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Oh, I've done something wrong. Let people stream to hear the story. Right? I've got a testimony. I've done something wrong. Well, this woman didn't go say, well, you know, I've, he talked to me. That's great. I'm not going to say anything to anybody because I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'm, not, I, 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 I'm a horrible person. Nobody's going to listen to me. Instead, she goes to town and she says, wait a minute. There's this guy out here and his name is Jesus. And I think he may be the Messiah because he's told me everything I've done wrong. He's promised me living water. He's promised me to change, that my life would change. And here's what it says in verse 39. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything. That's how important you are. If you've received Jesus, that's how important you are. That's how important your testimony is because people are going to look at that whether you were five years old or whether you were 50 years old when you received Christ doesn't matter. What matters is that you're able to tell other people, say, Jesus changed my life. Jesus changed my life. I sing about it on Sunday morning, and I'm telling you about it today on Monday morning or whatever day it is, whatever evening it is. Jesus changed my life. He gave me living water. And here's the great news. This water is for everyone. And when God brings you that living water and he changes you, it's for you to walk in. It's for you to to just live in that 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 time with Jesus for the rest of your life. You it doesn't matter. And oh, you messed up yesterday, so what? You get up and you say, wait a minute, I got the living water of Jesus Christ flowing through my soul. Flowing through my soul. This fountain is flowing through me. It's flowing through me. The blood of Jesus has covered me and has made me new. And I don't have to worry about it. I made a mistake. Okay. That means I'm human. means I'm not Jesus. Look at the person next to you and say, hey, you're not Jesus. Stop worrying about it. That's right. You ain't Jesus. Stop worrying about it. You're going to make some mistakes. I'm going to make some mistakes. You're not Jesus. Don't worry about it. You make some mistakes. You get up. You say, okay, I made a mistake. But what did the psalmist say this morning in our class, the discipleship group? He says, God, you know everything I've done. You already know, but Lord, I'm giving you permission to search my heart. Here's what I told the class this morning. Here's what I like to tell people. If you don't feel like you're getting through to God, then ask God this question. Search my heart, God, and reveal to me anything that would keep you from from doing in me what you want to. I pray for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes that's the biggest prayer that they can pray because they don't realize that there's something in their life that they ain't letting go of. Something in their life that they've done that they're not willing to say, you know what, enough's enough. Or maybe they forgot about it. Maybe they forgot. I I know a guy, 
he, he says, you know, I can't take communion. He called his dad up. His dad's a pastor friend of mine. He called his dad up, and he says, Dad, I've got to come over. I've got to come talk to you. And what had happened is his dad had gotten remarried to a great woman, but it, it hurt because his mom had died, you know, a year or two before, and it hurt. And in the process, he had left relationship with his father. And he called his father, and he says, I've got to come talk to you, Dad. I've got to come talk to you. And he sat down with him. He says, you know what? I got to study in this stuff about communion, and I've got to ask for your forgiveness because I don't want to take this communion with this unforgiveness in my heart uh, toward, uh, with me having this, this, uh, this anger towards you and this bitterness towards you. And the Lord restored not only the son, but the daughter, they both. And they're all, they were all Christians. Notice what I said earlier. You ain't Jesus to so stop worrying about it. That's the same way with these two young, young people. They made a mistake. They should never have treated their dad that way or went that direction. But you know what? They both changed, and they went back. And they, they, they sat down, and they asked for forgiveness for the way they had treated their father. And then they all took communion together, and the Lord blessed it. You see, what did they do? They knew the Lord, and the Lord worked in their heart and their life and, and challenged them. And when they really sat down and started looking at things and started saying, wait a minute, I'm in the wrong. And when they did that, now dad dad, and, and, and daughter and son, everything is cooking along now. Everything's going along great now. Why? Because they allowed the living water of Jesus Christ in them. And I want to say this. This is why I say give this to somebody else. Uh, tell them, go to our website and, and look at this and, and listen to this. This water is for each and every person who will receive. Will receive. You ever go to somebody's house and you and they say, "Hey, would you like a cup of water?" You go, "No, thanks." See, you chose not to receive that water. And Jesus is the same way. He doesn't force this water on us. He wants to help us, but he's not going to force us. He wants us to believe and to receive it on our own. He wants us to receive it on our own. And so when we talk about other people, we need to pray that the Lord will give them a receiving heart, a receiving spirit, that they will want to receive what the Holy Spirit has for them and receive the living water that Jesus has for them and that they will be changed because they will receive. They will receive. It can be difficult sometimes breaking through to people. Maybe you're praying for people. I know we're, I think we're all probably praying for somebody in this house this morning. For salvation, somebody who's not right with the Lord this morning. But let me tell you something. Jesus has got an appointment with them. Your prayers are effective. The Bible says that the prayers of a righteous person are powerful. Powerful. And you need to continue to stand on that. And continue to stand if you, if you know Jesus and he's in your life and he is, he's living inside of you. That that living water is inside of you. And you can believe that when you tell other people, just like this woman right here, she goes and says, you've got to hear what's going on. You've got to hear what's going on. This guy's told me everything. It wasn't a negative. It was a positive. So stop letting the devil get you down and say, no, I've got the living water in me. I'm refreshed in my soul. I'm refreshed in my spirit. And I want to get as close to him as possible.